With Buffalo Bills training camp set to begin this week, it's time to declare my 2023 Buffalo Bills superlatives today on Locked on Bills. You are Locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, folks, we made it. Training camp starts this week. The Bills report on Tuesday, they practice on Wednesday, and the 2023 season feels like it's finally here. And obviously a season that comes with expectations for the Buffalo Bills. And I'm excited to talk you through everything that's going to happen throughout the course of training camp, preseason, the regular season, the playoffs, and beyond. So on today's podcast, we're going to do my 2023 Buffalo Bills superlatives. I've done this every single year. And so I look at this team from a very high level and I consider some categories, if you will. And those categories or superlatives are dark horse MVP, comeback kid, rising star, don't forget about, needs to rebound, breakout guy, and under the radar. I will give you my choice for each one of those superlatives. And I'm excited to do that. Now, one thing that I'm very hopeful for through today's discussion is that you provide me with your answers. So if you are watching on YouTube, leave a comment. Let me know your picks for each of the superlatives. I'll put a comment down in the comments and pin it so that way you can just copy paste all of the superlatives and let me know your answer. And I'm looking forward to spending some time seeing what you guys say. It's very valuable for me to get that feedback. It really allows me to um, gain some perspective into what, you guys are thinking about. So would love to see as many comments as possible for today's discussion. But let's give you my answers for each of these superlatives. And I want to start with Dark Horse MVP. Dark Horse MVP. So not like Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs or Matt Milano, Dark Horse MVP. And I think the name that's appropriate, at least in terms of how I see it, is James Cook. The Bills presumed lead running back in 2023. And I just feel like James Cook is going to mean a lot to this football team this year and beyond. And obviously the Bills have moved on from Devin Singletary. He played out his rookie contract and signed a deal with the Houston Texans. And Devin Singletary did a nice job for the Buffalo Bills. Very dependable player. Led the team in rushing each of the last four seasons. And all around was solid. 
But the Bills have a much more dynamic football player primed to succeed Devin Singletary in James Cook. And what James Cook really brings to the table in ways that Devin Singletary didn't bring to the table is speed and pass-catching ability. James Cook has the ability to win outside with his runs. He has the ability to produce in the passing game. And that multifaceted skill set, I think, can mean a lot to the Bills' offense. Now, I'm not expecting James Cook to go out and have, like, 1,500 rushing yards and another 700 receiving yards. I don't know that his volume numbers are going to be really off the charts. I think he'll have good production, but not like among the most productive running backs in the NFL because I still think the Bills are going to very much be a pass-first offense, and I still think that they're going to get other running backs involved. We've heard Sean McDermott say that, hey, it's not good for one running back to carry the entire load in the backfield. And so James Cook is going to be supported by Damian Harris and Latavius Murray and Naheem Hines. But I do think James Cook is your lead back that can challenge for 200 touches this year. And so I think statistically he will produce well, but it's also what James Cook's skill set means for the overall offensive scheme. And because he is a running back that could also flex out and play in the slot and run routes and produces a pass catcher that can put defenses in a lot of conflict, especially when you're going to lean into more 12 personnel, which means more two tight end sets on the field. Because when you put 12 personnel on the field, one running back, two tight ends, typically you can force the defense into a heavier package of defensive players, probably more like their base alignment. Well, what the Bills can do with James Cook is go from 12 personnel, two tight ends, one running back, to still having two tight ends and one running back on the field, but empty formations and really spread defenses out and put a lot on Josh Allen to just find mismatches and throw the football. And because James Cook has that multifaceted skill set, he puts a lot of stress on opponents. And if deployed correctly, I think the Bills can get a lot out of James Cook in 2023 and his production will be good but also just what he means to the offensive scheme excites me and James Cook obviously his rookie season couldn't have started worse first touch fumbles the football I think it's important to remind everyone that he didn't fumble again the entire season and I think that James Cook was the player on the team that showed the most in-season growth throughout the 2022 season the way that he looked as a rookie you know in those first few games And by the end of the season, I thought it was night and day. Things slowed down for him, and I thought he was more reactionary, right? You can just really see him trusting some God-given talent that he has. And so my dark horse MVP is James Cook, not only because I think he's going to produce, but I think he's going to mean a lot to what the Bills want to accomplish scheme-wise to unlock the full breadth of this offense. So James Cook, my dark horse MVP. My comeback kid. Now, look, the low-hanging fruit here is DeMar Hamlin. If DeMar Hamlin makes his football team and appears in another NFL game, he's going to be the NFL comeback player of the year, and it won't be close. It'll be a landslide. And so I want to stay away from that. My comeback kid is going to be Micah Hyde. The last time we saw Micah Hyde was week two against the Tennessee Titans 
in 2022, a blowout win for the Buffalo Bills. We haven't seen him since. Now, we've been told that he was cleared to play in the AFC Championship game, and if the Bills got to the AFC Championship game, he was going to play. Well, the Bills didn't get there. And so now we're going to get our next chance to see Micah Hyde on the field to start the 2023 season. And let's not forget how good of a football player this is. Micah Hyde's one of the best safeties in the entire NFL. He's arguably the best deep ball defender in the entire NFL. And the tandem of him and Jordan Poyer is as special of a positional tandem as you're going to find in the entire NFL. And they're entering their seventh season together in this defense. And I think they're going to perform extremely well. But Micah Hyde's presence is going to unlock more of Jordan Poyer's diversity, which puts him in positions to make more plays. But again, like I mentioned with Micah Hyde, probably the best deep ball defender in the NFL. And a statistic that I came across recently, courtesy of the Play Callers podcast, or the it's the Play Callers podcast series on the athletic football feed with Jordan Rodriguez. And she interviewed all these great coaches and put together an amazing uh, mini series that I encourage anyone to check out. But if I'm not mistaken, it was Robert Sala, who's actually the head coach of the Jets. He said that when an offense has a play of 20 or more yards on a drive, their likelihood of scoring points increases 30%. And the Bills were still pretty good. I mean, towards the top of the league in terms of limiting explosive plays and having a low average depth of target against their defense, but not like it is or was when Micah Hyde's part of the mix. Micah Hyde's presence, and because not only he's good at playing the ball in the air vertically down the field, uh, but because of how good of a job he does of disguising his intentions, spinning late, changing the picture on the quarterback, getting coverage depth, it makes him a really special asset to this defense. And so much of the modern NFL defense is about limiting explosive plays and forcing offenses to execute play after play after play in order to in order to be able to move the ball and eventually score points. Micah Hyde is a key player in limiting explosive plays that are available for the opponent and forcing them to really be in that mode of hey, we got to take what they give us and execute and really test their patience. And if you're not patient and you want to try to force the football, Micah Hyde's going to make you pay. Hello Mac Jones in the playoffs where Micah Hyde ran, I don't know, 60% of the field across of it and picked off that football in the end zone. That's the type of skill that he has. And so my comeback kid is Micah Hyde reuniting with Jordan Poyer for a seventh season and everything that that means for the Bills defense, especially when you're transitioning away from Tremaine Edmonds and a new Mike linebacker. I think Micah Hyde is going to be so critical for this defense. He's my choice for comeback kid. All right, we got a bunch more to get to here today on the podcast. But first, I need to tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post over at LinkedIn Jobs. All you do is create the post. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience 
so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms, terms and conditions apply. All right, folks, we got three more superlatives to get to in this segment. Rising Star, don't forget about, and needs to rebound. And let's, of course, go to Rising Star. And I'll be honest with you, I spent a lot of time thinking about all my answers here. But this was the easiest one for me to come to the conclusion that I wanted to share with you. My rising star is Dalton Kincaid, the Bills' first-round pick, tight end out of Utah. I'm excited for this skill set. Really, really excited. Not only does he restore something in this offense that was severely missing last year in terms of a route runner and a guy that can really work the middle of the field and provide that separation ability for Josh Allen, really at all levels, that can stress that middle of the field and open up even more for Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. So I think that his presence and what it'll mean for the offense is really exciting, but I'm just excited about Dalton Kincaid. He has a ton of receiving skill, a ton of it. Route running is outstanding. Body control is outstanding. Ball skills are outstanding. Hands are outstanding. I mean, this guy really has a total package. He's a good athlete. And I think that his presence, his skill set is going to be a lot for this football team starting in 2022, or excuse me, 2023. He's a player that comes from Utah where they live in 12 and 13 personnel, a lot of tight ends on the field all the time. And they ask tight ends to do things that NFL tight ends are asked to do. It's not like a Dawson Knox situation where he goes from playing at Ole Miss in this Phil Longo, Mickey Mouse style offense where tight ends aren't asked to do anything meaningful. And it's a big learning curve to Dalton Kincaid doing a lot of what he's going to be asked to do by the Buffalo Bills throughout his time at Utah. And I think that will help him acclimate quickly. We talk about tight ends all the time as a pretty slow developing position, but I think Dalton Kincaid's skill set, how he was used at Utah, and my belief that he's really going to be a big slot receiver primarily for the Bills, that suggests to me that his path to getting into this lineup and making an impact can be pretty quick. And thinking back through the OTA reports, felt like he was kind of ramping up every single week and just a lot of great commentary from so many different people, whether it was Von Miller or Sean McDermott or Josh Allen or the media that was in attendance for those OTA practices, just feels like Josh Allen and that rapport with Dalton Kincaid is growing and he's he's really capitalizing on his opportunities to produce and practice. And I just feel like this player is going to mean a lot for this football team. And uh, I think quite quickly, we're going to realize that the Bills have a special player in Kincaid that will be recognized as a rising star in the NFL. So rising star pick for me is Dalton Kincaid. The next superlative is don't forget about. And for don't forget about, I have written down year two for key offensive coaches in their role. And that's the fun thing about the superlatives. And I hope that when you 
take the time to submit your answers that you are willing to not only just list players, but you can list dynamics about the football team. And I thought this was an appropriate time to bring up this. Don't forget about that. It's year two for several key offensive coaches in their role for the Buffalo Bills. And when you think about offensive coaching, there's three spots that are most important. Your offensive coordinator, your quarterback's coach, and your offensive line coach. And the Bills had a new person in those roles last year at all three of them. And so you start with Ken Dorsey, who was the Bills' offensive coordinator last year, and it was his first season ever as an offensive coordinator. Now it's not, right? He's got a year of experience under his belt. He's probably learned a ton, just like anybody in the world. If you did a job for a year and now you're starting your second year on the job, you're going to be a whole lot better equipped to attack year two than you were to start your first year of doing it. Well, same applies for NFL offensive coordinators. I'm sure he's learned a lot. I'm sure he spent a lot of time this offseason figuring out how to evolve and improve and get more aligned with Josh Allen, and the results should be better because of that. And so Ken Dorsey in year two is far better equipped to hit the ground running and uh, get this offense rolling uh, than he was last year. Joe Brady, year two as Josh Allen's quarterback's coach. And jo- Joe Brady's widely re- you know, regarded as one of the most bright young offensive minds in football. He was known for that 2019 LSU offense, right, with Joe uh, Burrow and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like probably the best college football team that's ever existed and certainly the best passing offense that's ever existed. And Joe Brady was a big part of that, and he turned that into becoming the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, under Matt Rule, the Panthers were a complete disaster. And, um, you know, I think he unfairly got blamed for some things and got fired like just over a year into his his time there. But, he, you know, along the way, he's received NFL head coaching interviews. This guy's a legit coach. And I think year two, you know, it's probably an intimidating job, right, to come in and, hey, you're now an NFL quarterback's coach and you're the quarterback's coach for Josh Allen. It's probably a big, a big job, right? And I'm sure he's going to be even more comfortable stepping into that role uh, this year and kind of building off of the highs and lows of 2022 and um, allowing them to put their best foot forward in 2023. And then, of course, Aaron Cromer. Aaron Cromer's one of the best offensive line coaches of the last 20 years. His resume speaks for itself. It's off the charts. He's developed so many great offensive linemen. He's coached so many great offenses uh, in the past. And, you know, his run game acumen is outstanding. And, and, you know, just anybody that I've ever spoken to that um, has been coached by Aaron Cromer absolutely loves him. And I've had a lot of those conversations. And one of the things about Aaron Cromer is that he does things a little different. You know, he's not a very traditional offensive line coach. And I think with his opportunity now to work with this group for a second season and building off of the foundation late in year one, it should um, allow this offensive line to play even better in 2023. And so I'm excited about all three of those guys, Dorsey, Brady, and Cromer, entering their second season in the role, uh, their second season together as a staff, and really helping evolve this offense to uh, more efficiency and more consistency and not get into some of the lulls that we saw in 2022. The next one here is needs to rebound. And for me, my answer here is offensive efficiency. The offensive efficiency needs to rebound in 2023. And if you remember, 
there was a lot of differences in the offense earlier in 2022 as compared to later in 2022. And I really look at Josh Allen's injury as kind of that turning point. And even early on in the year, you know, Josh Allen was being very efficient with the football, getting it out of his hands pretty quick, distributing it to a lot of different players. And, you know, even there were times where people probably thought he could uncork the deep ball even a little more than he did. But I thought he had good balance with kind of picking his spots and, you know, knowing when to take the what the defense is giving him and knowing when to really test it and push the ball down the field. I thought he did a good job of that throughout the first eight or so games of the season. And then the arm or the throwing elbow injury happens, and I felt like the Bills offense just lost a ton of efficiency. And I think there's a number of reasons why. Uh, we talked about already multiple times this offseason about the injury and the amount of stress that you place on the elbow to execute kind of the shorter throws that require more accuracy and sometimes even more velocity as opposed to leaning into some of the more vertical throws and how that takes a little bit of stress off the elbow and it probably was a lot more comfortable for Josh Allen. And so you think about his injury and you can you can un- understand exactly why he started throwing the ball down the field more. Um, and so that's that's definitely something that I think will be better next season. But also, you know, there was this um, Josh Allen, just his decision making led to more of those throws. And I, I, I'm sure a lot of that was influenced by uh, the discomfort in his elbow. But he also wasn't practicing like there was several weeks where his practice time was very, very minimal, uh, not only as he was rehabbing, but as games were getting moved around several, you know, a couple different times. Throughout the season, it really took away from the uh, ability to evolve the offense in season in ways that I think it needed to. And maybe the, they did evolve, right? They became a vertical passing offense at a higher rate than they were previously, but I'm not sure that's exactly what they wanted to do. And so I'm looking forward to seeing this offense become more balanced. And I don't mean balance in terms of equal run and pass. I never mean that when I say balance, but in terms of your passing game being balanced with who you target. Uh, what areas of the field you target and, um, you know, making sure that you're not just launching deep passes all the time and you're making good decisions and and knowing when to take what the defense gives you. So I'm looking for the offensive efficiency to rebound in 2023. All right, we got breakout guy and under the radar coming up for you right after a very, very quick break. All right, folks, we got a couple more superlatives to get to here today. But first, I would like to invite you to join the Locked On Bills subtext community. We've been doing this for a few months now, and it has been so fun. Check it out. There's a link in the show notes for today. So uh, where if, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on a, a different podcasting medium, check out the show notes. There's a link to join the Locked On Bills subtext community. Everybody gets a two-week trial uh, to see if you like it. Uh, But here's what you get. And my favorite part is the one-on-one text conversations with me. Spend time every day going uh, into the subtext and and interacting with subscribers, people that um, have questions. You know, we we talk Bills football, and and it's been fun getting to know you guys better and also getting to share more of myself. You get priority when it comes to herd mentality. Uh, Like I've said, there's never been a herd mentality question submitted through subtext that I didn't answer on the podcast. So Uh, That's a pretty cool feature. We have some exclusive content. Uh, I send out regular Bill's uh, musings, thoughts, right? Just some things that I'm thinking about with the team. I send that out to everybody. I give you my first reaction to all Bill's news. 
Uh, so a lot of cool stuff through the Lockdown Bill subtext community. Check it out. A link in today's show notes for you to join. All right, we got two more to get to here in terms of my 2023 superlatives. The next one is the breakout guy. And there's a lot of players that I think you can consider for breakout guy. And that's exciting because that means that you have a lot of players that could take a step uh, and you know make a greater impact than they have in the past. And so I thought about Greg Rousseau. I thought about James Cook. Thought about Khalil Shakir. Thought about Kyer Elam. Thought about whoever wins the middle linebacker job. You know, Dalton Kincaid, I guess. I've already kind of used him as my, what was it, uh, the rising star. My breakout guy is Spencer Brown. And I know that Spencer Brown is not the most popular player on the team amongst the fans. And there's a lot of frustration for his inconsistency as a football player and the protection issues and hits that Josh Allen took and sacks that Josh Allen took because of Spencer Brown. But I look at Spencer Brown entering his third season a lot like I looked at Dawson Knox entering his third season, where there's just so many parallels between the two, both dynamic physical traits, right? Both guys have all the size and athleticism you could ever want for a player at their respective positions. Both guys were players that underwent a position change when they went from high school to college. Dawson Knox was a high school quarterback that switched to tight end. Spencer Brown was a tight end in eight-man football that switched to offensive tackle. Both were very underprepared coming out of college. Dawson Knox playing in Phil Longo's offense that doesn't really feature tight ends. He caught like 39 passes in four years and no touchdowns. Spencer Brown just played two seasons at Northern Iowa. So he goes into the NFL with literally two seasons of playing time for his life as an offensive tackle, and now he's got to do it against the best players in the league. Both Spencer Brown and Dawson Knox were third-round picks. Uh, Both were players that uh, fans wanted to replace going into their third seasons. Both were players that battled injuries early on in their career. Dawson Knox had a bunch of stuff early on. Uh, Same thing with Spencer Brown. Spencer's been battling some injuries, whether it was his, uh, his back, um, I think he had an elbow injury as well, uh, but that back injury is significant. He didn't even have an off season uh, between 21 and 22 because he was rehabbing a back injury. I mean, he didn't even have full contact practice reps until days before the Bills played the Rams. And so I just feel like it's been a rough go for Spencer Brown to this point, but I feel like it's completely explainable. I think it'd be hard for anybody in the world to go in and play high-level offensive tackle under the circumstances that Spencer Brown has faced. And he's got a healthy offseason. He knows how important this year is for him and his career and his time in Buffalo. He's been candid about that. I've recommended the article that Jay Skursky wrote for the Buffalo News, which got into that back injury. And there's some really good quotes in there from Spencer Brown that I encourage you to check out. But at the end of the day, this guy has all the physical skill in the world to be a really good offensive tackle. And I think he's had some really good experience now to this point. And I think that the stage is set for him to come in and realize his ceiling this year. 
And so my breakout guy is none other than Spencer Brown. And the last one that I want to get to is under the radar. And my answer for under the radar is the Buffalo Bills. I think the Buffalo Bills are under the radar. Compare right now in 2023 to this moment in time in 2022. The entire world expected the Bills to win the Super Bowl last year. Everybody picked the Bills. And you just don't see it as much right now. Or even close to as much. I feel like there's a big, massive overcorrection happening in the perception of the Buffalo Bills. This is still a really, really good football team. And I'd argue a better football team right now than they were last year at this time. This roster, to me, is objectively better. And so you have more talent, and you have another year of a lot of hard lessons learned. I mean, come on now. The Buffalo Bills have paid their due. They've been through all the crap in the world as a football team. They've seen so much adversity. And you just feel like they should be so well-positioned to apply all of that with a really talented football team and make a ton of noise this year. All this hype for the New York Jets. A lot of love for the Dolphins. And I'm not saying that those aren't going to be good football teams. But this is still the Bills division until somebody else proves otherwise. One of three years in a row. Bills are the only team in the NFL not named the Kansas City Chiefs to win at least one playoff game in each of the last three years. The Bills lost three games by eight points last year. Three games by eight points. A combined eight points. And in two of those games, the Bills were, to me, very much the better football team, Minnesota and Miami. Unfortunate loss to the Jets, but self-inflicted wounds really got in the way there. Don't sleep on the Buffalo Bills, folks. I'm more optimistic and excited about the Bills right now than I was last year at this time. And so maybe it's a weird answer, but I think the Buffalo Bills are under the radar. And in a way, I like it. Because last year, every press conference, Sean McDermott's being asked about these expectations. Going to the Super Bowl, right? This year, that's not really brought up. And I like that. I think the vantage point is different, right? The Bills were the hunted team last year. And, you know, they went out one 13 games, lost three by combined eight points. They, they really did answer the call. Obviously, the divisional round playoff loss stands out in a big way to us. But if you overlook the Bills, <laughs> that'd be a big mistake. That'd be a big mistake because this team is very, very talented and they're battle tested and they've been through a lot. And so I think maybe not by you, certainly not by me, but I feel like there's a big overcorrection happening out there when it comes to the perception of the Buffalo Bills. And I get it, right? The last thing you saw from the Buffalo Bills in 2022 was not good. 27 to 10 loss at home to the Bengals. And I think we obviously put a lot, or people in general, like you put a lot into the last exposure that you had. But there's a bigger sample size to reflect on than just a 27-10 to 10 home loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. 
And that sample size tells me that this is going to be one of the best football teams in the NFL that has a real good chance of going all the way. So there you have it. My 2023 Buffalo Bills superlatives. I certainly hope that you'll take the time, leave a comment on YouTube with your personal choices for each superlative. I also hope that you come back tomorrow. The players report. I have a podcast ready for you um, that I'll post probably later on Monday. That'll kind of give you some of the big things that I'm looking for uh, throughout training camp and especially on day one. And then we are going to be reacting to everything that's happening at training camp here over the next several weeks. And so our posting schedule will be very fluid. Um, You'll get a daily podcast from me. You can rest assured of that, maybe sometimes too. Uh, But it won't be this very consistent. Like I post on YouTube and on regular podcast feeds at the same time all the time. The news cycle is going to be so fast that I'm going to want to be able to get it out to you as quickly as I possibly can. So keep your head on a swivel because content's going to be coming very, very quickly. And I don't want to hold on to anything um, because the cycle is going to be so fast. So uh, stay dialed in. Make sure that you are subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again very, very soon.